0: the reason for the slips let me explain here I have I'm sorry. Um, yes at the end of the, today's presentation I'll just pull pull out a name here and this is um, the ultimate school homeschool planner it's a planning system designed by Deborah Bell and it's and it's very nicely done it's where you can organize your um, daily plans for your homeschool and it's just uh, a lot of little helps. It's, it's very nice, so that's, that's what the little slips are for. Okay, thank you, Rob. Again, I want to start with another prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, um, we just ask for your blessing again. We ask for your spirit. These are important topics that um, we're discussing and I know that I cannot adequately express what um, you have given us, so I'm just asking that you please do it. And I thank you. Amen. All right. Uh, today we're going to talk about the curriculum, What Shall I Teach? And before we uh, began the school in Benton, you know, I just wanted to know what is in the Bible, how that learning occur, and I knew things in Deuteronomy that the Lord told us, as parents, you know, we are to train our children when they get up, when they sit down, when they walk with us by the way, and then I I, I knew about the schools of the prophets, very practical, how they would build their own building if they because they needed to, and it's just cook their own food actually remember it was elisha and the pottage and then of course in the testimonies that were given there's a a lot there too so i just wanted to say when we have the school we want to teach what god says that we should teach and leave out those things that he doesn't say are important (laughs) so what shall i teach start off with the objective of the curriculum or the purpose, the purpose of why we're doing, why we're teaching what we're teaching. What is the purpose of it, the ultimate purpose behind what we are doing? The ultimate purpose is to restore in man the image of his maker, to bring him back to the perfection in which he was created to promote the development of the body, the mind, and the soul. That was the divine purpose in his creation, excuse me, that the divine purpose in his creation might be realized. This was to be the work of redemption. This is the object of education. This is the object of education. That's found in education page 15 and 16 okay this type of education it also prepares the student for the joy of service in this world and for the higher joy of wider service in the world to come education page 13 so I want to ask you a question if this education prepares the student for the joy of service in this world. What is the joy of service in this world? Go ahead and answer, and I'll repeat it. Is it uh, so that you can be a, get your schooling and then go out in the workplace, and that's it? It is, yes it should include that it should include that it's always yes because say if you're a doctor or a teacher there's, the power, there's a talent that God has given us and that's the talent of influence so yes so yes but I think a lot of times in this world we stop there with this life with this life but there's a second piece and for the higher joy of wider service in the world so, if you think about it, if we as teachers or parents, what do we do when we're thinking about this? It has to do with character. It has to, and that has to be part of the education now character development. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that as a teacher we could just, uh, this, just wish it could happen. It has to come from the Holy Spirit and there are things that we can do that we'll talk about later on that help promote or facilitate character development in the child. God's principles of education. I I believe that these are fundamental. These are the three fundamental principles on which everything is based. We had that overall objective that I, I told you about care and these are by the way i believe in the correct order of importance character development practical life skills and academic skills and i'm going to suggest to you that these three things are intertwined in everything we do And i hopefully you'll see more of that as we go on if not then just ask me at the end and we'll talk about it again. So character development, practical life skills, academics. Just think of them as a a rope, those three strands all together, tied in. Now, I'm going to give a quotation that supports what I just said. I said character development. The education and training of the youth is an important and solemn work. The great object to be secured should be the proper development of character, that the individual may be fitted to rightly discharge the duties of the present life and to enter at last upon the future immortal life. There it is again, this life and the life to come. Eternity will reveal the manner in which the work has been performed. If ministers and teachers could have a full sense of their responsibility, we should see a different state of things in the world today. But they are too narrow in their views and purposes. They do not realize the importance of their work or its results. Christian education page 24 now life skills the importance of practical life skills useful manual labor is a part of the gospel plan the great teacher enshrouded in the pillar of cloud gave directions to Israel that every youth should be taught some line of useful employment therefore it was the custom of the Jews the wealthy as well as the poorer classes to teach their sons and daughters some useful trade so that, should adverse circumstances arise, they would not be dependent upon others but would be able to provide for their own necessities. They might be instructed in literary lines, but they must also be trained to some craft This was deemed as an indispensable part of their education. Counselors to parents, teachers, and students, page 307. Again, another quote, just emphasizing the practical skills. Now, now, as in the days of Israel, every youth should be instructed in the duties of practical life. Each should acquire a knowledge of some branch of manual labor by which, if need be, he may obtain a livelihood, this is essential not only as a safeguard against the vicissitudes of life and that word vicissitudes i'm stopping here is not a common word that we use does anybody know what that means if does anybody if not i'll say i'll tell you it just means when hardships or trials come you'll be prepared okay so Practical training is essential not only as a safeguard against the vicissitudes of life, but from its bearing upon physical, mental, and moral development. And then I've had this in bold. Even if it were certain that one would never need to resort to manual labor for support, still he should be taught to work. And I feel very, very strongly, I see this. Our children, you know, as parents you want them to you want to teach them responsibility you so even though it may be easier for you to go do a job whether it's cleaning i mean it's much easier for you to do it yourself please i urge you to take the time and work with the student it'll be worth it because we have a lot of students i was one of them growing up where i just had a a regular education just the books the books and so when it came for me to be a wife and mother Well, I was deficient, I would say, of the practical things, the things that are most important, cooking, healthful cooking, just working, knowing how to work efficiently in the home. Because we're told that some some ladies in the home, when they have a job to do, there's comparison, one might take like one hour, and another lady, two hours to do the same job. Why is that? It's because they haven't been trained. When we are told that we are to be masters of labor, not slaves of labor, we are to use our mind thinking all the time, how can I do something more efficiently? How could I do it even better and more thoroughly and a good job? And This is using your mind with everyday things that you do. And that's what we want to encourage in our children and our students. So, and, so, even if you knew that you would never have any hardships, learn to work. Without physical exercise, no one can have a sound constitution and, a, and vigorous health, and the discipline of well-regulated labor is no less essential to the securing of a strong, active mind and a noble character, and that is for sure. Uh, Councils counsels to teachers, parents, and students, page three oh seven. Now, uh-huh. the third item: the importance of the academic curriculum. God requires the training of the mental faculties. He designs that his servants shall possess more intelligence and clearer discernment than the worldling. And he is displeased with those who are too careless or too indolent to become efficient, well-informed workers. The Lord bids us love him with all the heart and with all the soul and with all the strength and with all the mind. This lays upon us the obligation of developing the intellect to its fullest capacity, that with all the mind we may know and love our Creator. Christ Object Lessons, page 333. And I told you at the beginning, before we started the school in Benton, we studied, studied, looked at the books, thought about the Bible. And this is what I found. Certainly in the curriculum, uh, and that war core, core curriculum just... I should have deleted core. Just the curriculum, the Bible. Of course, the Bible. Jesus was taught in the scriptures. The Bible is permeates everything. Science and nature studies, health and physiology. We should know how our body works. It's, that's just to me. It's just very common sense. One of the most important things that we have is our health. And if we're not taught how to maintain the health, well, what does that do for us? <laughs> language arts, the language arts, reading, English or language, writing, and spelling. Voice culture, now that is a term, do you, does, do you know what I mean by voice culture? okay how to speak you know you've been to different presentations (laughs) or where the speaker may be speaking in a monotone voice or or speaking so 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 quickly that you think oh please stop stop Uh, and so we want to train our students it's like oral recitation how they, they will be meeting people in public and maybe they'll be giving presentations. So when you're doing the reading programs, you're reading from the Bible, like for example, this year we memorized the 10 commandments. And we talked about how to stand if we were reciting it for church, the pleasantness of the smile on the face, and then the actual practicing of the recitation so that it is clear and nice, it's not hurtful to the ear. That's what we mean by voice culture. Mathematics, we should know how to um, keep accounts. Sacred music and po- poetry, sacred history and prophecies of the Bible are important. Geography and missions. Uh, now I'm, talking, I'm going to talk about the practical life skills that I believe um, are very helpful in the school. Number one is agriculture. So many spiritual and character developing and academic skills can be found in agriculture and actually every single one of these things. That Remember the three things, character development, practical skills. And academics, you can find that in every single, we'll give some examples later. So agriculture, evangelism, service, healthful cookery, medical missionary training, knowing the body, the physiology, household work, showing the students how to properly clean, simple repairs, household repairs. Let let them see what it takes to run a household and show them they really enjoy that Um, and I I had simplified auto repair or or maintenance I don't know I think um, this is I've done several drafts of this and this isn't my updated one so I'm sorry so I'm just gonna add the, the maintenance a continued practical life skills carpentry woodworking Mrs. Woodward's in the in here. As she goes to my church, and her husband is very good with woodworking. And one time I called him, I said, Mark, because I don't have these skills, but I, I, I believe that they're beneficial uh, for my students. So I said, Mark, can you help me? Can you come and do, like, a woodworking demonstration for the students? And uh, sure enough, he came, and he had the drill, and it was just a good experience. So another thing you know we can do i'm just going to interject that here if you don't have these skills certainly there are people that you know or you can inquire to come and help you so don't feel intimidated just know that they're important and call around see you can have someone in your church help you computer in this stage, typing skills sewing mending and then there's elective courses there's students that are interested in photography. I've had students interested in photography, art, drawing, knitting, and then there's practical students for the older students, construction, felling trees, etc. Uh, believe it or not, the first year I had an older student, Joshua, and he had an interest in felling trees. He just did. He just That's something he, just, he had done before. And it was something that he wanted to do, and that's fine. We just have to try to provide it in this area. Well, we had 21 trees um, cut my backyard, <laughs> so and the students got to see a little bit of this, and that was very interesting to them and to me, and how to—I mean, there's a lot of—I like, technical skills, like which way is the tree going to fall so it doesn't fall in the house and all these things that you can get into there. There's a lot. Okay, now I'm going to get into methods of teaching, just little points that just will enhance teaching. To me, one of the most important is, be what you want your students to become they're looking you are the model you are the example i believe that for me (laughs) i knew that i need to be in the word i need to read the bible every day pray be close to god not only that what i would try to do is make sure i read my bible every day and then i also wanted to read some of the spirit of prophecy because it's so easy to forget these things and I wanted them continuous, kind of like what the instruction we're given in Deuteronomy. When you get up in the morning, when you walk by the day, I mean, the whole day. And I just didn't want to forget, so I tried to say, okay, just let me read a little bit. It might be five minutes, but oh, yes. And I can tell you in my own experience, that was very helpful to me because I could see, and it's so easy to stray from these principles because let's take it, it's sometimes we like to take the easy way out and if it's just easier to do something then we tend to do it and some of this stuff that we want to do it takes more thought it takes more work and we need to be reminded constantly reminded. at least I do I don't know about you I just want to give you that from my experience so be what you want your students to become the personal element deal with students individually as well as corporately. This goes for parents. This certainly goes for teachers. If you have a classroom full of students, well, well, how do you deal with them individually? That's something to think about. But I can tell you I've had wonderful experiences in the public school with 19 students or more, in the church school with Twenty-four students. One experience I had. Well, sometimes when the students were at seat work, I had when I first started out. I had some little Spanish students, and their English wasn't developed totally. So I just remember taking them to the front of the classroom, and and I should know the Spanish language, being Hispanic, but. I'm sad to say I grew up not learning my own language. We spoke English in the home. My parents were born in the United States, so they spoke English in the home. So, But anyway, I, knew, I had some limited knowledge of Spanish. I'd take them, the little girls, and I would just sit with them, and I would show them a storybook. I was a teacher, first and second grade in Adventist school in Southern California and we would just sit down and I would try with my limited Spanish and they just loved that a Bible story and I would just it was just wonderful things like this now think about this this statement taken from education page 231-232 deal with students individually as well as corporately it was by excuse me here's where the quote begins it was by personal contact and association that Jesus trained the twelve. And what did the twelve do? Through the power of the Holy Spirit change the world. That's what they did. It was in private often to but one listener that he gave his most precious instruction. The teacher will take a personal interest in each pupil and will seek to develop all his powers. And we have some examples from the Bible. Nicodemus, one on one. And most people consider John 3:16 the most beautiful text in the Bible. Who was that given to? One person, Nicodemus. The woman at the well. Now, I was trying to think. Jesus told her directly, I am the Messiah. You're speaking to him. To me, that's powerful. Another thing we should do is make things as simple and as practical as you can. Use illustrations. We're told to use charts, illustrations, visual aids. Another thing that's good to do and helpful, especially for parents that have multi-age children, teachers that are teaching in multi-grade classrooms, train the older students to be thoughtful and help the younger students. This is so beneficial. I, I've used this. We have to be careful, though. Uh, but this encourages responsibility, it encourages confidence in the students That's. The older student that is trying to help the younger, there's a lot of positive character developing going on there. Show enthusiasm! Show enthusiasm! You just you probably heard that story where the a pastor and an actor in the stage are talking, and the and the pastor's puzzled. He says. Why is it that when you're up on the stage, you're doing your thing, and you have all this wonderful response from the audience? And the reply from the actor is well, we as the stage actors tell of imaginary things as if they are real. Maybe you, pastors, tell of real things as if they were imaginary. Show enthusiasm, be prepared. Set objectives and goals and hold yourself accountable. The Bible across the curriculum. Always, I would occur, encourage us, whenever we can, use practical hands on instructions whenever you are able. Oh, this is hard. Uh, sometimes we have ideas from other people, and sometimes we have to, by the grace of God, and through on our knees in prayer, which I have done, to ask Lord, what can I do to help me in this area? And don't beat yourself if you don't do it. Just just keep plugging away, because I know it is not easy for parents that are just in the midst of everything and think, oh, how can I do this? Just by the grace of god just keep trying that's that's what i want to tell you today Uh, in the bible the beginning of the bible we have the story of adam and eve and they're in the garden and and when we're telling the bible story to our students we can think okay what was the original diet that's in the bible this is this is information this is truth from the bible well we know what the original diet is so okay well, how can I make that practical? Well, I, in this little school in my home, we have cooking classes. And so we did different types of uh, entrees that would support the original diet. And I, I'm going to stop here and uh, just come over here. We cooked mondays wednesdays and fridays and later on in the year i changed that to mondays and fridays because it was getting too much and i definitely wanted on friday because i wanted the students to be able to take to be part of the sabbath preparation meal for their families that i felt this is an opportunity of service an opportunity for the child to help the family in some way and lighten the load of the mother. So I wanted to make sure that they had something to take home for their families to add to the Sabbath meal. And uh, I use very, many, many different cookbooks. I don't know how many. I just brought two. Uh, Ten Talents. There's a lot of good recipes here and and some for how to bake bread. And there's For the child, a simple recipe. You use a sandwich bag, and you you make bread out of a sandwich bag. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) And so there's different things. And this book was very, very helpful. It's uh, kid delicious. It has recipes with the child in mind. I I think we pretty much exhausted this book. (laughs) Did pretty much every recipe. There's so. If you want to come and take a look at it later, please do. There's so many cute and helpful recipes here. And uh, another practical thing that, well, maybe I'll save this for later if I don't forget. Let <laughs> me move on. Health and physiology. We talked about New Start. And um, coming from Weimar, Dorothy Nelson was the originator of the New START program, so I had some of her little um, materials on that and some other books and resources um, that that I used. Music, commit scripture songs, psalms, and hymns to memory. Learn a simple instrument as a recorder or ukulele to assist in the morning in devotional or Bible class. I did this. I I just happen to very, very much, very much enjoy music and so th- this was an easier thing for me and it worked out well because st- st- as you know people have different strengths and weaknesses and we have to capitalize on that some people academically they excel some people physically perhaps excel some people musically or art wise well we want to develop those and encourage that and so i had a student that academically was challenged, uh, but musically was rather gifted, ear. And so I got the So I, I have a little music class one day a week, and we were learning recorders and hymns, beautiful hymns to the Lord, and songs on the ukulele. Well, she would be the instrumentalist when we had our morning worships there in my living room. She'd get the ukulele and she would just play and then we would just sing along. It was, it was nice. Nice for her, nice for me. Evangelism and service. These are just a few ideas. Take the students to an assisted living center. And I'm going to tell you in a true story that of experience that I had here. I was teaching first and second grade in an Adventist school in Southern California. And, and I knew I wanted to do something for the community, something that we could do. So I told the students, let's you know, make some drawings. Let's have a little song, a little program. And we're going to go to the nursing home. Now, fortunately for me, there was a nursing home w- which we could walk to from where the school was. We could actually walk. So uh, I need to backtrack a little bit about this to tell you how it fits in. OK, before we did that. In reading class, these are the old Adventist readers with Dick and Jane and Susan, there's a story there of Susan and Tom, two little children. Their dad is a pastor. And the dad asked him to go to the post office, small town, and just pick up the mail. And so they, they go there, they see the postman, and they tell the postman they, they invite him to church. And the postman says, well, I don't go to church. And that makes them feel sad. Just a little story. And uh, then they go away. They they, they just say, oh, please come. Our daddy's at church. And then that Sabbath, the children are in church. And little Susan looks back, and she sees the postman there. And she's excited. She had invited him. He came. Okay, that was the story that we had read, one of the stories we had read in class during the week, and so now we're going to the nurse we're going to the nursing home. And uh, the nursing home director is there. He greets us, he's very appreciative. Now, little did I know that little Moana <laughs> talk to him about church and uh invite him to church. Now in Southern California there are many, many churches, I could tell you that. I I belong to one of the constituent churches not the church in Baldwin Park, California, where the school was located and where the nursing home was. I went to a church in Hacienda Heights, about half an hour away. But anyway, that Sabbath, after the, uh, the presentation by the children, I was in church. <laughs> I was in front, and I looked back, and I saw the nursing home director there. How do you think I felt? And Moana told me before that she had invited him. I think he was a former Seventh-day Adventist. Now, I wish I could tell you that, you know, he continued to come and all this. You know, that's, that's not the case. But look at the opportunities as a parent, as a teacher. Yes. Amen. Um, so housework, <laughs> I have another experience this in the school in the school at Benton. It was a beautiful facility. We had um, windows, just windows all along one side of the classroom. And people would come to the dentist there that was another part of the facility, and they would look in the classroom, and they were just, it was just like something to talk about in the community. And uh, there was a retired teacher that had health problems. She was retired, and she had to see the dentist. One day she stopped. She stopped and she wanted to speak to me, because she's a teacher. She was interested in what was going on. And we got to talking, and uh, she actually, she said, I'm retired. Would you like all these things? I want to give them to you in and the school. And she did. She gave me a bunch of stuff. And then in talking with her, I found out that she had a problem. She needed to move out of her rented place in Benton. She didn't have any help. help. She had health challenges. She was worried about her landlord because she wasn't able to clean the house as well as she, she wanted to because of the health challenges. And I said, listen, we'll help you. It was a neat experience. We took the children. There was two teachers. There was myself, and I told you the practical arts teacher, and about eight students. We went. We cleaned that house, and it was good. She was thankful. We were thankful. It was wonderful. And so, and this year, another experience with this, there's a, there's a woman at our church, and she is a widow, she doesn't she was paying someone to come and clean her little apartment uh, she doesn't really have that much money to do that so our pastor's wife uh... called some of the deaconesses i'm one of them and she was saying okay can you go each month will someone go and so i was really really busy you can imagine with the school my home and everything but I felt, no, I need to do this. And I said, I know what I can do. I'll just bring my students that one time. And so you know what we did? It was wonderful. I took them to the lady's house, another, another lady. We all cleaned. And we took our instruments with us, too, because I had another plan. This lady um, lives in um, a little kind of apartment complex. It's not really apartments. They're individual housing units there. And uh, I thought... After we clean, we'll just go knock on some doors. We'll ask if we can sing them a little song that we had prepared. We'll ask them we could pray. And so that's what we did. We we cleaned, and then after that, we uh, knocked on some doors and prayed and sang for people. Um, Candace's dad was one of them, and then his neighbor came, and his neighbor was having difficulties. He was having issues at that time, and he really wanted prayer. And so we just said, we'll pray for you. We knelt down, and we prayed for him. And I believe that he was blessed. He said he was. And we can, of course, help. The children can help with yard work. So we want to teach them to be community-minded, to think of others. Uh, Bible across the curriculum continued. Again, use practical hands-on instruction whenever you're able. Uh, Math, of course... The Bible, the Bible and math well there's many many examples tithing is just one when you're talking about fractions or percent what is it tithe um, how to keep accounts money management I want to share maybe some of you know this already here's a, a book it's dollars and cents from Grandmommy, Kathy Reed and uh, I'll just read you what it says in the back Dollars and Cents from Grandmommy is an interactive storybook with activity sheets that introduce five to eight year olds to what the Bible says about money. It includes such topics as spending, tithe, offerings, work, honesty, debt, contentment, seeking counsel, and sacrifice. And it's just a story about grandchildren and their grandmother and just goes on and it, and it does these principles. And I. You know, how to keep accounts, how to manage money. Yes, in the young age, we need to do that. How many of you are familiar with um, Larry Pergett and his work in the financial? See, I've listened to those programs sometimes, and it's really sad. People come in and they're having um, financial problems. Some, of course, it's not there, not because of something they did, but sometimes it is. So if we teach our young people now, as we should, as we're told we should, this will help Hopefully, um, alleviate problems, potential problems, of when they're older. So, how to keep accounts, personal finance, and then proverbs so many, uh, so much wisdom in proverbs. Arithmetic concepts, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, fractions. You can create your own word problems, which I have done. Um, and of course, the higher mathematics, if you know, the student is going on need to be a doctor or something, and of course you need those higher mathematics, but I'm just talking about the, the elementary level right now. And then there's the fascinating things in nature, where you see the hand of God. Mathematics deals with patterns, and I said Fibonacci numbers, symmetry, fractals. We see just the hand of God and how everything is balanced, and there's a pattern, and it's a replicating pattern. There's mathematics behind it. You can look up all these things and read about them yourself, but certainly they're found in the, and mathematics is found in the creation, the universe. Something, I mean, it's just, I don't understand it all, but I know that it's there, and we can certainly lead the student. Measurement. I've done this for my Bible. Basically, what I did is I wanted to go through the whole Bible with the students, and I used the uh, Uncle Arthur bedtime stories uh, Bibles, like there's one to ten storybooks. So that I us go through the whole Bible, and then I um, supplemented it with different things whenever I could. I remember we were talking about one of the giants' um, beds; he had a bed frame, and it tells you the dimension. I said, "Let's go outside." And let's just measure till we could see, whoa, you know. And it just gives you more perspective when you can do hands-on things like this. Science and nature. Go out in nature and observe and study the birds, trees, ants, flowers, sun. Do experiments. Collect shells, rocks, insect specimens. Observe a tadpole and a caterpillar. You know, the garden just, when you're working in the garden, it's really, sp- for me, I mean seeing the life cycle of a potato beetle from the little yellow eggs that are behind the leaf to like the teenage stage to the adult stage and then this year we had a neat experience our backyard where we live tends to collect a lot of water which I'm not happy about that but anyway there's a little channel that it's like that collects water there and so there's A lot of tadpoles there, and in science we were wanted to see like the developmental cycle from the tadpole into the frog. And so we collected those, and we put them in a little container outside, and we could see like, the growth. Unfortunately, we didn't make it all—we didn't make it all the way to the frog stage because the little tadpole didn't live. But we did see growth, and it's just so neat, I and mean, for all of us. Sewing, mending, oh, we have the example of Dorcas in the Bible. When you're talking about Dorcas, what, how much love she was in the community. Why? Because of the service that she provided. And so we, in our school, we've done simple sewing, simple sewing projects like how to do different kind of hemming, especially when, you're, when if a button comes off, teach them how to put the sew the button on. And then my daughter helped me with them. They made a, a, a simple blouse and a simple skirt. It's one of the things that we, we did. And uh, the we, boys and girls, boys and girls, because I tell the boys, well, and I haven't had trouble yet with any of the boys. Uh, you know, you... You don't know when you grow up. You may have a wife right away, but you may not. You're going to go to college and your mom's not there. You need to know how to do these things, how to tie your own tie, how to, if a button comes off, you know, what, what you do. So yeah, okay, i buy that, you know, how to fold laundry, you got to wash. And uh, we had a fun time. My husband was there at that time when we were teaching boys and girls how to tie a tie. That was just kind of fun. That's just on a side note. Um, And then I talked to you already about this one, reading, Bible recitation, uh, practice orally, reading the Bible passages and voice culture. Language. Study the Bible passages. You know, it's 1 Corinthians 13, Isaiah 55. Certainly there's many, many psalms. Um, And in concepts of language, there's things called imagery, and the Bible's full of imagery. And I, I can think of one, the son is like a bridegroom ready to run a race. And um, another is when we were doing Proverbs, um, a woman without discretion is like a jewel in a swine's mouth. One time we were looking at school, we were looking at different Proverbs, and I had the children illustrate some of these things and the pictures that they drew and everything, I mean, it just makes it more real. Uh, I want to stop here, too. Music. In the hymns that we were learning, we would come across vocabulary words that the student would not know, and I knew it, and some of them I didn't know myself. So when you're doing music, you can learn vocabulary. Crown him with many crowns is an example. Maybe I told you about that already when it uses the word ineffably and sublime and potentate it's opportunity for you, instruction. And also uh, another example of language Language, you study the different parts of speech and some of the hymns. Like I was thinking, I remember softly and tenderly is one example. Soft, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and me. Well, the words softly and tenderly are adverbs. And so you just reemphasize, hey, this is an example of adverbs use in the hymn. Not only in the language book, that, the, the English book that you use, but you see it used elsewhere. Uh... I'm going to interject something here too, the active part, prepositions. We went outside and I said, okay, show me, you know, going around, you know, inside, underneath, over, under. And they had a fun time You know, doing active, and you're, but you're learning prepositions. It's just different ideas when I want to talk about whenever you can, use hands-on activity type things. It just makes it more real. A Bible prophecy, make your own chart, illustration diagrams of the 2,300-day prophecy, Nebuchadnezzar's image, the sanctuary. All of different things you can do there. Um, Bible cross the curriculum, helpful ideas. Praise the Lord learning hymns. Incorporate music, I said, arts and crafts, arts and crafts. <laughs> Beatrice. Um, you can read all these things here. We c- talked about it here. Um, I'm going to invite my friend Beatrice. Beatrice helped me the first year. She she and her two children, as I mentioned yesterday, came to my home every Tuesday. And what a wonderful blessing uh, they were. And I, I'm going to invite my friend Beatrice to come. She's going She did many things with the children that year, many things. And we're going to share something that I had mentioned yesterday. And I'm worried about the... Will she be able to be picked up on this? No, unless she has that put to her. right, let me do that. So, pardon us right now.
1: Good morning. 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 Sorry about that. Well, um, it was a blessing to be able to go to Carrie's Pattern Life School. I am a homeschool mom, and one of the things that I wanted to share with her in the school that was really good in in my homeschool was um, I do a section called industry, something with the concept that she already read all the quotes of how manual. You know, work and, and labor and learning is, should go tied into, you know, to the structure of the curriculum. And I actually love art. That's a hobby that I have. And um, in thinking about that, Jesus was born in a house where he it was, it was a craftsman and how that useful work, I mean, he learned so much. The Holy Spirit really guided, guided that aspect. So um, we do, try to do art in the home and we try to do art in the school. In a useful way you know not just art to have it on a wall but to do something with it what can you learn with it so I'm going to give you an example of one of the things we did um, there is a quote that I have in child guidance that it talks about teaching the children to use tools you know when the age is right and they can become really you know really good and and happy on using tools so I thought of the way of why don't they why don't we make our own tools and this is one of the tools we made we actually took a can and you can take any type of can it could be uh, a medium size a small size can and what we did is we took a, a can opener and we opened one side and then the other side um, I used a special can opener so the can would not be, um, wouldn't cut, wouldn't be sharp. If you don't have that, you could just cover it up with duct tape, so it won't be sharp to the ch- to the child. Then we also took, um, I don't know if you can see, nails about two and a half inches long, and we put them in pairs, okay, something like that. In pairs, leaving space in between. Uh, you could do this a lot closer together. And I'm going to show you what we're going to do here. Leaving, I left a little piece of the tape. I don't know if you can see the inside to to leave that little gap in between the two. Okay. So then we stuck it together with, just with duct tape. Why not go to the store and buy a loom and make this? It's not that beautiful, but you know it's a, it's a cheap way. To do something um, and it could turn into an industry for the child maybe he can help mom at home or give it to someone or you know sell it you know learn about tithing and all that okay so then also you need one of those old-fashioned clothespins so we took that and we took a nail and we you know hammered the nail into the clothespin and this is going to be our hook this is a homemade hook the nails by the way Uh, need to have the you know the less head possible you know that tip as less as possible okay so we tried to curve this nail a little bit to make our hook and then the process was you would take a yarn Um, it could be the thin yarn it could be the thick yarn and then you would take that And I'm going to sort of show you the concept of how knit, how to knit. Could you please, yes, hold this. Thank you. And then you would take the the end of the yarn and put it on the loom and hold it with your thumb like this so it wouldn't go away. And then we would just wrap it. Uh, It could be both ways. Wrap it around, wrap it around. And we would make um, a whole level Of wrapping okay and after we did that we would push it down using our little hook try to push it down try to push it down and then we would do a second level okay and with that second level all the way around you would take the hook and and from the bottom pass it on the top I don't know if you can see if I can illustrate it. Uh, You would take the bottom side of the yarn and pass it on top of the two nails, and then you have just one layer of yarn left. And you would do that to everything, and then you would add another layer, and you just continue and continue. And when you just continue and continue, then you have this Uh, then your product could be something like this And you can go as long as you want and it really turned out to be a little scarf you know some did it really really long others just wanted to do it short Um, if you have a wide enough can like one of those big big I don't know, like camping things. <laughs> you could have something wider, and then you would take it off, and this last level, you would close it up. And when you close it up, then you have a little hat. Okay, as you can see in this case, uh, the little hooks were closer together, and that way you could have it close closer. But, um, you know, the child learns with this, with, with this tool, with this uh, loom. He sees, you know, we put it together and then we say, Okay, well, we have the tool and we have the yarn. Is it any good to us? I mean, if we leave it on the table, will it do it? What do we need? We need someone that knows how to use this, right? And we are the tools in God's hands. Yes, He made us. He made us for a purpose. But if He's not guiding our life, you know, there's nothing that we can get out of this. And we are made for for being useful to others, you know. So that was just the, the inspiration. I had a little uh, a verse that went along, actually, with this. It says, Psalms, Psalms 139, 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. So I'm wonderfully made for a purpose. God bless you.
0: Going to hold it right now. Thank you so much, Beatrice, was such a help. I mean, with so many good ideas, practical, fun ideas for the children to do, it's such a blessing. Thank you very much. We're a little over an hour, so I don't know um, what you would like me to do. Finish. I just okay, <laughs> finish it. Well, I don't know, Rob. would you like sure. me to C- continue? Okay, all right. Yeah, thank you for your help. I just need some help with this back on. Okay. Oh. I'm sorry. okay. All right, thank you. Uh, I think we just we will briefly go through this. We talked about praising the Lord with music, the arts and crafts, building sanctuary models, dioramas, journal writes. uh Journal write, sometimes in the morning after I would do the Bible lesson, I would have some kind of a prompt or had to do with a spiritual lesson, and they would have their little journals where they could illustrate a little picture or write something um, about that Bible lesson that made them think about spiritual things. Uh, Baking bread, I just had a... a, Ezekiel, there's ingredients there in the Bible that talk about Ezekiel, so I just said you could try, you know, Ezekiel bread when you're cooking, and, um, again, service. And we have plenty of stories in the Bible of uh, service, Dorcas, Shunammite woman. you do the same. Uh, Another thing that I did was very helpful, is invite godly, knowledgeable individuals, such as Beatrice and others, to conduct a week of prayer or a single lesson. I had people come in and teach. There's a lady at our church that is very knowledgeable in bicycles and bicycle repair. She came to the house and told the children, gave a lesson, bought her bike, simple, Bicycle maintenance, every child has a bike, pretty much, <laughs> how to take care of it, and some simple repair. She did a demonstration for me. It was very nice. Uh, here at, at uh, Southern Adventist University, we have an archaeology museum, Br- brought the students here and learned some Bible history and things like this. It was very nice. And then these are just some simple resources here. Um, I want you to know on this table here this some of the things that I've used. Um, pardon me, that wasn't on properly. <laughs> okay, I'll just try my best. Uh, how many of you are familiar with the Marchie why? It's basically the great controversy stories that just did this. Well, how many of you are familiar with Michael ask why? Okay, uh, we use this and this is uh, similar to March, yes, why, only with a boy. It, it goes with the great controversy theme, you know, why has sin entered the world? And it's a story with children. Well, this, this um, has a little chapter that you can read to the children. And then there's an activity book that goes along with it. And it's been, after we would read this, I do this on Fridays as some kind of little extra fun thing. There was uh, activity games and puzzles that the children really did. They did enjoy this. And you're welcome to take a look at this. Um, Something else that I use that I really like for me personally was the spirit of prophecy emphasis stories. Tell us the history of the church. How many? There's four volumes, I believe. How many? Raise your hands if you are familiar with this. Nobody. Well, this is something put out by the General Conference Department of Education, I think in the 1970s, and they have kind of the history of the early Adventist pioneers. And I would just read one story and talk about it. I, and learn. Oh boy, I just, I, I really, really like those. It's, there's different things for you to see. Um, this, I was talking. She, she wasn't able to come today with another parent. She was talking about she was. She has three little boys, different ages, but close in range. And the same thing with me. I had our four daughters close in range. It's so. It's hard as a parent or as a teacher to come up with individualized things for every one, of them, so every, every one of them to do. So you do it as a whole, and the unit study works nicely for this. This is something in my time when I was younger, my girls were little. This is a, a God creation in me. It's a unit study. And it was developed by kindergarten, elementary school, kindergarten teachers at Loma Linda Elementary School back in the 1970s. And it's based on the creation week. And within, within this is uh, the Bible, of course, science, art, health, the other um, subjects, all intertwined nicely for you. And it was it worked nicely for me. There's a, I don't know that I got that on here. No, I did not. I'm sorry. Here's another resource that was very helpful to me. It's called A Girl's Guide to Home Skills. There's also A Boy's, gu- a boy's Guide to Home Skills. It is um, not from the Seventh-day Adventist, curriculum or church another Christian woman developed this but it's very handy and I used it there's so many different things in here is this still in print? pardon me it's still in print, this yes oh this is okay. Okay. this is now the boys guide I would recommend there. you have to look some of the things at Seventh-day Adventist I mean like some of the menu planning here there's meat dishes and things I mean, so you have to go through it yourself and, and see but it is helpful nonetheless it is helpful i uh, to show you. There's a, it goes through the household. It goes to the different um, rooms in the house, like the kitchen and the bathroom and the living room and the bedroom. And, and there's checklists. Uh, and and you, there's like a checklist you try to teach the children. And you, and you talk to the parent and say, We're doing this stuff in school. We'd like you to reinforce this at the home and um, they have to sign a name for the child to sign and a name for the parent to sign, like how to wash the dishes, how to load it and use an an automatic electric dishwasher, how to deal in an emergency of fire in the kitchen. Uh, There's so many steps. I mean, you could pick and choose here, but there's so many ideas. One idea, there's several things that we did here. I can't go into them all, but I'll say one of them. One of them is how do you make your own household cleaners? You know, you go to the store and some of these things are expensive, so how do you make your own window cleaner, bathroom cleaner? And so we had fun, a little bit of chemistry there. <laughs> doing that. You're welcome to come and look at, at, at this book. And, and I told you about the cooking. One idea of the practice. Yes? I'm sorry. Um, back to the
1: spirit of prophecy emphasis stories, is that something
0: that's still in I Okay. The question is, uh, the four volume set of the, let me get the title right. The Spirit of Prophecy, Emphasis Stories, four volume by Norma Youngberg, the LNG White estate and the General Conference Department of Education. The question is asked, is it still in print? I just know back in 2007, I misplaced one of my volumes and I was able to get one then. So. 2007. I I think it is, but I'm not absolutely positive. I think so. Yes. Let me repeat that. So a a participant in the audience was suggesting that you can find a lot of old books possibly at the ABE.com. Excuse me. ABE books. Com. Someone that has a,
1: a laptop know, maybe you can look and make sure I'm giving the right address.
0: Okay, if anybody has a laptop and wants to um, Google that, ABEbooks.com, b-ebooks.com and and take check that out. Uh, I want to tell you something else that we did when for the cooking class. Uh, I we did like I told you that we cook three days a week and it started off with just demonstrating the children coming up and doing various things, uh, parts of the cooking. And then after we did this for a while, I wanted to make it a little step um, higher. And so I wrote this letter to the parents. During the months of December and January, each student will be required to plan and demonstrate a vegan recipe to the class. Please help your child select a recipe and practice with them at home so they can present the cooking demonstration in the school. Your child will need to bring everything he or she needs on the day of his or her presentation. Each recipe should allow everyone to have a sample, approximately 12 servings. Students aged 10 to 12 should plan on a half-hour demonstration. Students aged 8 to 11, 15 to 20 minutes, and students 5 to 7, 10 to 15 minutes and then I have to schedule who was doing what at what time. But this is an opportunity for the students to present, to learn. I mean, can you think of all the different academic things that they're doing in something like this? You can just, this type of education, you can go just all over the place. It's just very, very wonderful. Uh, What I have here, just some of the resources. I, I went to the internet a lot too, and you have to be careful what's out there. But um, to get ideas, and there's so much a wealth of ideas. If I wanted to, I use this a lot. I, I when I'm asked to uh, do children's story at church, I mean it's very important to me. I mean anything that I do, I just want it to be helpful to the to the person, the child, and the parents. I would search the internet, and I would you know first a lot of times I would ask the minister, what are you preaching about? And they would tell me their topic if I knew I was going to do children's story that week, and said, "Okay, you know, for example, they're preaching on mercy, one time recently, and and I was asked to give the children's story." So I went on the internet and I typed "mercy," and sometimes you find things, something don't, and I found some ideas. Uh, I thought they're good ideas. Anyway, I like them. (laughs) Uh, And uh, one was talking about God's mercy. So they said, you know, just. Um, I had a small container with water, then I got a larger container of water, you could do this, and you fill it up, and then I had one of those little eyedroppers, and then I said, imagine, how would you, and then I had some sand, sand in a container there, and I said to the children, how would you like the job of using this eyedropper and just emptying the water in this little container? Well, that's not so bad. Okay, how about this big one? Oh, nobody wanted that. This one, but can you imagine the tediousness? This, And then I said, how about the ocean? Can you imagine? Oh, no. God's mercy is abundant. God's mercy is more. I mean, you just take that long. God's just abundant with mercy. The grand... The, 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 I said, how much you would like... To? I, I took a little bit of the sand from the container and I put it in my hand. I mean, you can see the little grains of sand. I let them see... And then I had the bottle. How would you like to count all those grains of sand? Well, nobody wanted to do that. Wow. Can we measure? I started out, can we measure God's mercy? No, we can't. Can we measure God's love? No, we can't. It helps them get a visual picture. Wow. Oh, can't. And then I told them, imagine all the sand and the beaches and the whole world, counting them. Oh, no, God's love. Not only that, and then I I happened by by just chance that week to be um, looking at um, science videos about the universe. And an astrophysicist made the comment that there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the ocean. whoa. Whoa. And we look at the Bible what did God tell Abraham? She'll make her descendants as the stars, the sky. Whoa! These things just come up um, to our children. I don't know. This is taking too long. Maybe I should just continue or stop. Just, uh, stop. Pull it to a okay. Um, the <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. The last two slides are just basically trying to an attempt to show you how you how character development practical skills and academic skills should be intertwined with each other and so i have the bible there and okay the bible well character development sure certainly we can that's easily seen that the the bible will develop character and we have Lessons that we can learn from Proverbs. I shared some with you. Um, The life of Jesus, Bible biographies. We should study the lives of men, their successes, their mistakes. Help us build our character, lessons that we can learn from. Um, Okay, practical skills. How How do I use the Bible practically? Can you? Of course you can. You have the Bible uh, markings for some of the older, mark your Bible, then go out and witness. You know, you have your text, with um, the state of the dead, so-and-so. Voice culture, reading, using the Bible and reading it and practicing voice culture. Reading, comprehension. Do you read? Do you understand this passage or the story? Writing. I, we, there, there's many ways to, to teach academic skills through the Bible. Um, language arts. And and I mean, through all these regular academic subjects like language arts, mathematics, reading, there's always these character develops, uh, responsibility, perseverance, honesty. I was going to have a breakout session to have you tell me how that is done. You all have students, you, you, either students if you're teachers, children if you're parents, that you give them something to do. Either they don't do it right, they don't do it. They take too long or they don't want to do it at all. Well, opportunity to develop responsibility, perseverance, always through all the academic subjects, and it comes. So that was just a little chart, and then I just trying to finish the other one. Agriculture, service, cooking, home, school, home skills, and I tried to see how they were intertwined. When you see the asterisk, that means that those are already practical skills. Agriculture, service, cooking, home skills, those are practical skills, um, and these are lessons, certainly lessons. We've talked about them. Other, other presenters have talked about uh, character development in agriculture. All those can be found in those different areas, and then here's the academic skills that can go with agriculture. Okay, just some more resources. And I'm, I'm going to end here. Thank you. <laughs> sorry that I apologize that I went over. Thank you for your patience. Uh, We're just going to close with prayer now. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you very much um, for these words of wisdom and counsel that you have given us, the people, to help train and mold our children. It's just my prayer, Lord, that we will do something about it, that we will implement these principles in our own families and our schools. In your name I pray and thank you.